This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Miss the show? No worries. On point and on this podcast, inflation is soaring and the Prime Minister's solution to control it is, uh, he's got our backs. Well, it is a nifty talking point, but what does it actually mean? I mean, he plans on keeping supports for Canadians going with more spending, which will make things worse. So this gives the opposition plenty to chew on, but how would they solve it? Pierre Polyevre joins me with what he sees the solutions as. You know, but documents leaked out of the finance department this week reveal that the Trudeau government was warned a year ago that inflation would cause cost of living to soar if they didn't stop spending. They ignored the warning, so now here we are with our house on fire and no one's bothered to bring any water. So why do we let those in charge constantly get away with ignoring the warnings? Let's get talking. We are making the choice to be there to support Canadians, to have their backs, to support seniors, to support families, to support small businesses, to support workers. We're going to continue to be there to support Canadians because we know that helping each other out is not just the best way to get through this medical challenge, this pandemic crisis. It's also the best way to make sure our economy comes roaring back as strongly as possible. Nothing's roaring back because having our backs is not an actual plan to deal with rising inflation. Alex Pearson with you on what has been a very, very busy Wednesday, January 19th. It is great to have you here along for the ride. We've been getting news kind of developing every hour on the hour. Uh, we got some good news certainly to start the day some cautious optimism that this uh, Omicron variant may be soon in the rearview mirror. And then in the last hour, we learn uh, tomorrow at noon, the Ford government's going to announce it's easing some restrictions. I'm not sure how excited we should be. We certainly don't have a lot of details, but it sounds like small businesses, uh, things like gyms and restaurants may get to open soonish. But restaurants and bars, uh, bars, according to reports now, will be allowed a 50% capacity, but not until January 31st. I mean, that is, that's an eternity for the hospitality sector. And there are also suggestions that cabinets looking at a total reopening in March. Now, I guess this is all going to depend on what polling tells Team Ford overnight. But I can tell them, come call me with your poll, because this cannot happen soon enough for small businesses, which have been just treated shamefully. And so Ford said he will be cautious, but you know, the anger over this lockdown, this last one, whew, it is palpable. So whatever's announced tomorrow, and we'll have all the details of course here, uh, better be substantial because caution is killing people and certainly businesses every single day. Of course, the uh, big news for parents, getting the old kitties back to school and, um, I've done my own polling in the household. The review coming in the door uh, by my son was best day ever, mom, which I will take. I consider that a win. But I uh, dropped my son off at school this morning and then after I decided, okay, I gotta pick up some stuff up at the grocery store 
And of course, I was immediately confronted by um, the sticker shock of fresh fruit. Holy, it is, it's very expensive, you know. It's getting very, very expensive. Also, there wasn't a lot of choice. So we're actually uh, starting to see the consequences of losing more trucks off the road. There's just not as much choice. So, and you know, I'm standing at the, the cashier and I'm draining my wallet on food. And then I get this breaking news of inflation numbers as we hit this three decade high in Canada. We're at 4.8% uh, as you've been hearing in the news and it's just going to keep going up. And when you start to look at uh, some of the increases in costs, I mean, there's just literally, there's nothing in our life that is not more expensive. You look at cars up 7%, beef, 12%, bacon, 19%. Appliances, if you can get them, are up 10.4%. Gas, 33%. Travel, up 24%. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And those who will be hurt most, of course, are those who can least afford it. And so this was a very big issue facing the Prime Minister today, who did uh, his weekly delivery of vacuous talking points. And yeah, you can call me and say, hey, you're being snippy. I don't care. That is what we got. I listened to these press conferences. And he says nothing because he was asked over and over again, how are you going to rein in inflation? How are you going to make life more affordable? And what we got were these empty talking points where he repeatedly reminded us that, you know, this is a global thing, the pandemic's causing this, the supply chains. And of course, yeah, they play a role, but he also conveniently leaves out the part where, you know, this is not going to be short lived and his never ending spending is making things worse. And so his go to line. He kept saying, you know, we've got your backs. He keeps saying that, Canadian, we've got your backs. But, you know, what that actually means is that he's going to keep spending. Because as unclear as he was with his answers today, what he made pretty clear is that his government plans to keep supports going and keep them in place, even though, you know, it's not going to help. And so reporters tried to push, you know, how can you justify putting supports in place again? Um, because it's going to make inflation worse. And, and here is his justification. When we put forward uh, our budget uh, uh, a year ago, uh, we included uh, specific stimulus spending to move forward uh, to get out of this pandemic. Uh, that uh, continues, but it, is, it was stimulus spending that would decrease as the economy picked up again. And we've demonstrated uh, that our concern for fiscal responsibility is uh, mm -hmm. continuing to be a priority for us. Mm-hmm. Okay, look. We have not seen a properly costed budget from this government in over two years. We don't actually know the real state of our books. But what he said is the exact opposite of what the banks are warning must be done and what the financial watchdog is saying. And Yves Giroux, um, he tabled a report today which makes very, very clear that the $100 billion in stimulus spending that Trudeau says he budgeted, it's not justified. Neither is the $540 billion in additional spending, which will just drive up inflation. And, and there are things he can do to cool things down. You know, he could pause his clean fuel tax or his payroll tax. He can rein in spending. He just won't. He's got one strategy. More supports. More supports. I mean... Somehow our Prime Minister thinks he can spend us out of inflation, which if he can, my God. He is a magician. But newly released documents that uh, were obtained by the Canadian press reveal on Tuesday that Trudeau and his finance minister, Christopher Freeland, they were warned a year ago 
that inflation was a real threat, it was not short term, and that they had to get their house in order. And they just, you know, kept spending and spending. After all, do not forget, it was Mr. Trudeau himself who admitted on like the third day of the election that he doesn't pay attention to this. You'll forgive me if I don't think about monetary policy. Uh, you'll understand that I think about families. He thought he was being cute in that moment, but you know what? That should have been a very telling moment for Canadians. It is families who are being hurt by all this spending, which may buy him good polling numbers in the short term, but it is actually coming home, you know, to roost. The chickens are coming home to roost. And he's gotten away with a lot. He gets away with everything, but I don't think he can hide the curse of inflation. Because we have talked about it time and again. Canadians are living paycheck to paycheck. We have people who just literally cannot afford the cost of living. And if he doesn't change course, it's going to be done for him. With interest rate hikes or worse, it'll lead to a recession. How is that having our backs? Why do you say there is a disconnect to what we're hearing from StatsCan and what the actual story is? Very good question. In the United States, the United Kingdom, so some of the other major economies around the world, it is standard practice to include used vehicle prices in the consumer price index measure of inflation. Canada is an exception. Uh, Statistics Canada uh, doesn't capture used vehicle prices. It uses new prices as a bit of a proxy, and they're not rising anywhere nearly as rapidly. I, I think that's a major issue. That is the voice of Derek Holt, and he's the head of capital market economics over at the Bank of Nova Scotia. And I spoke with him back on December 16th, and that is when he said that he believes we're getting fake data from Stats Canada when it comes to the true rate of inflation. And so on that day, December 16th, he said he felt inflation was closer to 6% and levels uh, that they're seeing in the United States. And he qualifies that saying they don't calculate things like the used car sales, which we have seen skyrocket during the pandemic. But SatScan also doesn't factor in things like real estate, which is a major contributor. So he believes inflation is higher than what's being reported. But ultimately, the buck is going to stop with Justin Trudeau, or it should, on this issue. And certainly the opposition will chew on this meaty bone if they can buy one and afford one. But, uh, you know, what would their solution be? Let us ask. Pierre Polyevra joins us now, MP for Carleton, also the Shadow Minister for Finance. Good to have you. Good to be with you. All right. Um, you know, what do you make of these inflation numbers and the response by uh, Mr. Trudeau that, you know, he'll continue keeping supports in place? Well, today, again, we broke a 30-year record on inflation with 4.8% uh, consumer price report. Listen, uh, that as high as that number is, it comes nowhere near uh, reflecting the real cost of living increases. Because, as you point out, our consumer price index does not include real estate prices, which have gone up a record-smashing 26% in one year. The Canadian Real Estate Association says that the typical benchmark price for a house in Canada is $811,000. That's an 85% increase since Justin Trudeau took office. But those massive increases, even though it's for a product that uh, that 
had $450 billion of transactions on it, uh, worth a fifth of our economy, um, that is not included in today's inflation numbers. So our numbers are far worse than those that are being reported, and they are the result of the government funneling hundreds of billions of dollars of newly created, newly printed cash into our financial and mortgage system, which is driving up the cost of everything. Well, it is. Um, but a lot of people will say, OK, but, you know, the Conservatives also voted on these spending bills. And so if you signed off on them, you know, ultimately that is a sign off and, and, and approval of that. But we didn't. Uh, we voted for early supports back in spring of 2020. That's almost two years ago. Uh, but we stopped supporting the government spending uh, over a year ago now. We voted against its budgets, its economic updates, its most recent spending bill. So uh, people who say that are just factually wrong. And so a lot of people will say, OK, it's easy to be the armchair critic, but what would you actually do to solve this? Like, how do you get money back in the pockets of everyday Canadians? Well, the government should cancel its $100 billion so-called stimulus. It's not stimulating economic growth. It's simply stimulating inflation. We don't need any additional government spending. We've had a half a trillion dollars of extra spending measures in the last two years. Only a third of it, by the way, had nothing to do with COVID, according to the parliamentary budget officer. We already have far too much government money in the economy, and that those extra dollars are chasing fewer goods and bidding up prices. So we've got to get government spending to normal pre-COVID levels, pass a pay-as-you-go law that requires government find a dollar of savings for every new dollar of unbudgeted spending, and cancel the tax increases on gas and wages uh, that Trudeau brought in on January 1st, only three weeks ago. Those things would go a long way to reversing the inflation that Justin Trudeau and his government have helped cause. I mean, sadly, the reality is there are are a lot of people uh, hurting right now across this country, certainly those who own small businesses uh, that have bore the brunt of the lockdown measures that we have seen uh, in both Ontario and Quebec, draconian measures that have left them, you know, uh, to the tune of, on average, $170,000 in the hole. Many don't know how they'll climb out of it, let alone make themselves whole, all because of decisions made federally and provincially that, you know, they had no control over it. And so a lot of them will say, well, how do you cut me out, uh, you know, how, how do I survive without support? So on one hand, you, there's a need for support. On the other side of it, um, we can't keep aggravating um, you know, inflation because it will just make things worse and it will happen qu- fairly quickly. Well, you're seeing it happen now. Um, listen, it's very simple. If you create cash without creating the stuff cash buys, you just get more expensive stuff. Um, and it's like if you have an economy that has 10 loaves of bread and $10, well, each loaf costs a dollar. If you double the number of dollars to 20, well, then each loaf will go up to $2. It's very simple. And that's what we've been doing. You know what's ironic about the inflation? Trudeau claims it's some global phenomenon that he has no control over. Listen, what's been going up in price? We'll start with real estate. Land is up 20% year over year. Land does not have a foreign supply chain. It's not delivered here on a ship. It's not stuck at a port. And it, and it can't catch COVID. So it, it has nothing to do with those things. And uh, overall buildings, well, they're up 26%. But almost all of the housing in Canada today was built before COVID ever happened. And so it would be unaffected by any supply chain impacts that have occurred. 
recently. Um, let's move on to other costs. The cost of bacon is up 19%, beef up 12%. We have the most among the most abundant supply of farmland per capita in the world. We can grow our own food here in this country. So why would we be relying on foreign supply chains for our food or energy? Gas prices are up 33% year over year. We have the third biggest supply of petroleum on Earth. Why would we be dependent on some foreign price for our gas uh, uh, costs? And finally, home heating. Uh, we have a domestic or at least a continental market for natural gas. And Canada has 1,300 trillion cubic feet of natural gas here in this country. Yet gas uh, to heat your home is up 20%. So the things that are going up the fastest are those things we have right here in Canada. Land, energy, and food. Yeah. Why is it that the, the stuff we make at home is becoming more expensive? Well, it shouldn't be, but the, the reality is we don't have a parliament sitting yet. Uh, I'm not sure when you guys get back to work. I think it's the second week of February or the first week of February, but you know, it's not going to take long for average day Canadians who are really falling behind to start feeling this, and, and they're going to want action. They're not going to want political fights, and all of the things that you propose would take time to do. We should have done it a long time ago, but we're in this position now. So how do you, in a minority government, um, you know, get, uh, you know, opposition NDP, which don't mind spending money, um, on board to, to actually come up with a tangible plan to get instant relief. People need relief now. Yes, well, we could roll back the carbon tax now. We could roll back the recent CPP and EI payroll tax increases now. Uh, we could cut other taxes now. We could also cancel the additional spending the government is bringing out now so that we stop inflating the cost of goods and services now all of those things could happen now but it takes a total reversal of the direction that that, that the government is on now yeah now uh doesn't seem like time is on our side but nonetheless hopefully uh, we get some answers and uh start seeing some change in direction but nonetheless we will stay tuned thanks very much hey, for your time you know, appreciate it you know what some yeah. people are saying Justinflation. I agree with that. What do you think? It's a talking point there. It's catching on, but is uh, nonetheless, he will wear this uh, either which Just way. Appreciate your time, Pat. Justinflation. There you go. That is Pierre Polyevra, who's MP for Carlton and also uh, has a lot of fun with this and certainly dominates question period, and uh, it will be branded with Mr. Uh, Trudeau. Justinflation does have a bit of a ring to it, but he will wear this no matter what, because at the end of the day, no one out there really cares who's causing the money to be spent. They just want to be able to pay their bills. So Justin can hide from a lot of things, but he cannot hide from inflation. We'll continue to move forward on supports in terms of housing, in terms of uh, supports uh, for workers, supports for families, because we recognize that that raising, rising cost of living and the prices of groceries and gas is a real pressure and stressor for many, many families. Well, Justin Trudeau's solution today to dealing with rising inflation is to spend more money on support programs, which is uh, exactly the opposite of what he's being told to do and will make things much worse. And, you know, he parks the blame for where we are today on things like supply chains and uh, the pandemic and that everyone around the globe is dealing with this. And, OK, there's legitimate uh, legitimacy behind many of these things. But he conveniently fails to accept that his government's spending has made things much worse. 
and documents leaked out of the finance department on uh, Tuesday revealed that his government was warned last year that, you know, our house is on fire and this thing's not going to be temporary and it'll get out of control if you don't get things in check. And well, here we are with the house on fire and a prime minister whose best response is, we have your back. John Robson is executive director of Climate Change Nexus, also a columnist for National Post. And John, your latest piece for the Post is pay no attention to that smoldering inflation. And you basically write about, you know, the crisis we all know are coming, yet no one bothers to do anything about it. And I would like to take credit for my timing because the same day inflation was top of the news. But in fact, the reason I wrote it is because my colleague Sabrina Maddow had done one on Friday for NP Platform about the fact that nobody still claims really that inflation is transitory, but neither the Canadian nor the American authorities seem to want to do anything about it. And she uh, quoted some people in the financial industry being unusually vehement about it. And when I read it, I thought, this is all very true and it's all very important. But there's one more thing that has to be said. The reason that our government and the American government don't want to do what you would normally do to try to rein in inflation, namely raise interest rates, is that they are in hock up to their eyeballs and they cannot afford it. If interest rates go up from under 1% to 3%, mm-hmm. how on earth is Justin Trudeau or Joe Biden, or for that matter, the Republicans, right? Because Donald Trump in his pseudo-conservatism uh, was no use at all on the spending front. Neither was George Bush Jr., to be frank. They can't, so they can't deal with the rise in interest rates. What happens to the budgets of the Atlantic provinces mm-hmm. if their interest payments triple, right? It, it, it is insolvency is what happens. I mean, we're not talking about something way down the road now. We're talking about something right around the corner. And when you look at Justin Trudeau, um, I mean, he's good at a couple of things. He's good at insulting people and giving away money. He doesn't seem to have a lot of other useful skills, so it's not necessarily true that he knows all this and just like, oh, I'm trapped. He may, he may be absolutely as dim as he appears. But there are people who understand that we are in a hole. We have borrowed way too much. We're printing way too much money. We have disrupted the productivity of the economy. Even the capitalist cornucopia, if you do enough bad things to it, will produce less wealth. And so we've got more and more claims on wealth, chasing less and less actual wealth. And that means prices rise. And we just have to let it happen because if we start paying uh, higher interest, we're, we're going to go under. But of course, as they found in the 1970s, the printing presses can't keep ahead of real inflation rates because people start to get inflationary expectations and nominal inflation goes up even faster and they come and get you. It's a reality thing and it's closing in. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, no one actually dealt with the warnings of the crisis when it was happening. It's almost like the pandemic. Everyone knew there was a problem. And yet they, you know, they rolled out the talking points of we're prepared. Don't worry. We got this. We're no SARS. I mean, it's almost like this is what we do now. We just have politicians who tell us what we want to hear. And then when the crisis hits, it's like, um, you know, we've got your back, but they're not doing anything. Like they never actually do anything. They didn't do anything with the pandemic other than write new talking points, but they won't do anything now to deal with inflation. 
No, and, and again, part of the problem is they've gotten so good at that one thing, the trombone, is like, you know, blah, 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 that they've started to mistake soothing rhetoric for actually useful activity. Someone was just complaining that there was a press conference here and the Ontario government didn't say whether they were going to let small businesses reopen in a week. And I reacted by saying, what makes you think they know? These people don't read economics in their spare time. They're not secretly on the ball and just acting like fools. What, what you see is what you get here. They know nothing about science. You know, there's, oh, we're following the science. And they flip from this to flop to that, you know, and now the, they're saying, oh, yeah, cloth masks don't work. But that doesn't mean that people who said cloth masks didn't work months ago actually knew anything. It doesn't work like that in their minds. And so when you, when you ask them, well, what causes inflation? I don't know, what should we blame? Okay, we need, a, we need a calm strategy. They don't have a core set of beliefs. I've said this about Ronald Reagan. You know, if you shook Ronald Reagan awake at 3 in the morning and asked him some economics question, he would have answered it the same way he would have answered it if he'd, after he'd been briefed, because he actually thought about economics. He did it for fun, you know. Uh, he wrote his own speeches. And, and he had a set of core, coherent, consistent beliefs about what worked and what didn't. These guys... I mean, in some sense, Trudeau thinks if we just give away money, people will somehow flourish as human beings. So there's, if that's a core belief, he's got that one. But it's like Biden, you know, and saying, oh, you know, I think the oil companies are pushing up the price when the government's done everything it can to make petrochem- uh, fossil fuel and energy scarce and the prices go up and they're like oh it's a plot you know and you're thinking oh you can't be that dumb can you like but, but they can they really can trudeau knows nothing about inflation he has no idea about this thing about you know velocity of money and prices and quality of money and he, he doesn't know any of that and he's not about to learn it. it's not like he suddenly went hey somebody get me a book on inflation and and one that tells me the stuff i need to know not the stuff i want to hear that that did not happen no, it didn't. But he, I mean, he did say that the budget would balance itself. He also said things like, you know, we're going to grow the economy from the heart out. I mean, just nonsensical talking points. But keeping these politicians in check has become almost impossible um, because the way they do their press conferences, which are all now very uh, controlled, you can't push back. You know, you get a chance to make a phone call and they ask only the people that they want to ask questions. And then you only get one question. You don't get a follow up. So you can't push them off their talking points. I mean, I just talked to Tom Korski over at Black Locks Reporter. I mean, his just, his job is to hold these uh, decision makers to account. And, and you, you know, you yourself saw the story where you've got the, the, the fart catcher for the Bank of Canada basically saying, no, 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 we don't let reporters like Black Locks ask questions. There's a real cancer uh, in this country now, where we've got governments and politicians of all stripes who have used this pandemic to control the conversation, only allow their talking points out, and, and the media literally can't push back, and they don't seem to want to push back on, on that. Well, and there's your problem. I mean, and the citizens are complacent about it. But also, the, I do complain about In my column, I mentioned this, because I got this, this tweet about some conference. I think it was the... Um, IRPP was having on how election platforms are put together. And everybody's all giddy about listening to the insiders talk about how these meaningless, offensive, oily, vacuous documents are created. And so somebody <laughs> rocks the boat. I remember one time back when, when Stephen Harper, you know, the feared libertarian right-wing lord of darkness, was engaged in deficit spending <laughs> to save the economy. And Brian Lilly had asked Jim Flaherty whether they now believe that deficit spending stimulated the economy. And Flaherty said, well, you know, I'm not going to debate Keynesian economics with you. And to me, this was like the rule about don't eat things you can't pronounce, right? Don't discuss economic theories you can't say. It's Keynesian. 
But he just he sort of dismissed it. And then I was like, oh, you know, really that redneck. And then they all went back to asking insider questions so they could be on the campaign plane and be buddy-buddy with these people. And so I really think that journalists in Canada, you know, we're meant to speak truth to power, uh, not speak power mm-hmm. to truth and reinforce official narratives, whether it's on deficits or COVID or whatever it may happen to be at the moment. Um, but again, if, if the voters put up with it and the purchasers of media, if this is what they want, this is what people will sell them, I assure you. Whereas if we just looked at these politicians and said, no, you say something that makes sense and is consistent mm-hmm. with what you said last week or admits that what you said last week is wrong and you've now changed your view, and until we do that, um, then of course they're going to keep doing it because, you know, if you build it, they will come. You, you get what you pay for yeah, I mean, on mass, they should say, no, we're not showing up to this uh, until we can have a proper scrum where we can put the mic in your face and actually ask you questions. When you can do it that way, we'll show up. Otherwise, send us a press release, and uh, it's not going to happen, sadly. All right, John, a great uh, article, a very timely one in the post for us, and uh, I appreciate you joining us. I appreciate you inviting me. That is John Robson, who uh, writes for uh, the National Post, and uh, this is a terrific piece and worth the read. Thank you for listening. Of course, you can join me live Monday through Friday, starting at 6.30. I'm Alex Pearson. This is On Point.